You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Packers Talk. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Check New York Bozo! New York Bozo! New York Bozo! I gotta get my biceps a little bigger. Yeah, you can always work on that. Or I could sure use a hot dog with chili. You know what time the game starts? Hey, you got any left-handed footballs? We need to fire him. Is anybody else tired or is it just me? Good thing I'm going to show you. You got any eligibility left? I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. Pack to the Future is brought to you by the Ticket King. Whether you're making the trip to see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers play at legendary Lambeau Field, you want to see Giannis and the Bucks at the beautiful Pfizer Forum, or the Badgers, Brewers, or any concert tickets you might need, the Ticket King is your source no matter the occasion. Visit them online at theticketking.com and search their selection for yourself. And remember, there's no such thing as a sellout when you can go to the Ticket King. One more time, that's theticketking.com. Welcome back to another edition of PTTF. I am your host, Duke, and I am joined by Matt. Say what's up, Matt. How's it going, everybody? Man, we are going to be here talking about the showdown at AT AT&T Stadium with the Packers coming in with a win, man. 34-24 on the road against a 3-1 Dallas team, Aaron Rodgers, is still undefeated, including Super Bowl 45 in AT&T Stadium. Matt, what do you think about it, bro? Well, is there anybody more excited than you about this? I mean, living down in <laughs> Texas and, you know, probably having to deal with a bunch of Cowboys fans down there, really and truly, you're probably more excited than anybody about that. <laughs> uh, I am I am pretty much the most excited guy about this win. And I'm going to tell you why, because Wikipedia, Wikipedia actually shows – that Rodgers is listed as the owner of AT&T Stadium. <laughs> I have, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a big smack talking, you know, kind of guy. But I did, you know, save a couple Cowboys memes on my phone this weekend. Um, you know, just, just uh, some good, uh, fun banter and stuff like that. I actually had a watch party here at my house, and I had. Um, uh, some family over and uh, some friends, close friends over. And you know what? The the truth was was that this game for Texas Cheeseheads, Matt, is I'll call it a mini bowl. It's not a Super Bowl, but it's a mini bowl. I mean, it's it's a big time deal because we know how much the Cowboys fans loathe to lose to the Packers. Mm-hmm. So, hey, man, the streak is still going. Um, I literally, I didn't even tweet during the game. I didn't say much to almost anybody all week. Everybody knew this game was coming. I knew this game was coming. Mm-hmm. I didn't say nothing, man. And I literally told this one guy who's one of the biggest um, – I was going to say loudmouth, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but I did. 
um, uh, passionate uh, fans that I know about the Cowboys, and I just said, I'm going to let the team do the talking. And that's, and the right, that's the right way to go about it, like, because you don't want to be yeah. talking too much trash throughout the week and then have it backfire. <laughs> yeah. And at, one, and at one point, man, it was a 31-3 to game. So I oh. think that that says enough. But yep. enough about me and, and uh, how excited <laughs> I am about this game. Um, man, Matt, it was, it, was a, it was a great game. What would you think about it? Just uh, overall thoughts. Uh, you know, it, I, it was the first game where I really felt like you saw Matt LaFleur's imprint on the entire game because I, mm. I think I've said it week over week, um, when they got out of their scripted plays, and the scripted plays always work really well, but mm-hmm. this was the first week where they got out of the scripted plays and really you could see how well they were moving the ball on offense. They got Aaron Jones involved early and often and even throughout that entire game, got him involved in the run game and the passing game. I mean, he had... Uh, 75 yards receiving in this game. I mean, this is something when, you know, Mike McCarthy really didn't employ much in his offenses. Mm. And now LaFleur, it, it seems like a center, a centerpiece, you know. Yeah. Uh, and in a game where Javante Adams was out with turf toe, um, it was good to see kind of a little bit of changing in the game plan as far as not really forcing the ball to Devontae Adams as much, really switching it up a little bit more, getting – Lots of targets involved. Like there, uh, this was a game where Aaron Rodgers really spread the ball around. I think he got it to nine different targets in this game. Um, wow. So, um, really good to see a little bit more creativity out of this offense. Uh, you know, in, in once they got out of those scripted plays for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I think I think something that you said that I that I loved was you know just overall you know Lafleur's imprint. This is a team that has creativity up its sleeve. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, obviously our first year experiencing Matt LaFleur's offense, but we are seeing already at, you know, still the newborn stages of of this scheme and everything, we are seeing just the adjustability, the creativity, you know, being able to switch it up and literally do what, I think Packers fans have been clamoring for from McCarthy, which is use players to their strengths. Mm-hmm. And they're showing that they can win a game multiple ways. Mm-hmm. You know, last week, uh, you know, unfortunately was a loss, but they threw it all over the yard. Yeah. You know, this week, you know, it was a win when I don't think a lot of people were giving us too much of a chance uh, uh, come, coming down to Dallas, you know, playing a team that was three and one, um, they had, you know, had a, a some some tough kind of games on their schedule, but you know they were looking pretty solid. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm not gonna knock the Cowboys and say that this was a team that the Packers expected to walk on and dominate for nearly all of three quarters. Um, I don't think anybody saw that coming. And so just to see how LaFleur was able to, again, take the strengths and just, man, dude, just push it into productivity. Man, it was, it was an amazing thing to witness. Well, and then the other thing that people have to keep in mind, and I'm looking at uh, Football Outsiders DVOA right now, um, the first three weeks, four weeks of the season, the defense that these guys are playing were just outrageous. Like uh, looking at it right now, uh, Minnesota ranks as the number four defense. Chicago ranks as the number five defense. And Philly ranks as the number six defense. 
Wow. That's insane. That's I mean, you're facing three top 10 defenses. Then Denver, who's also a really good defense, and Dallas, who has some really good pass rushers and a pretty young, a good young secondary. I mean, yeah. this is no slouch that Matt Lafleur is basic. I mean, you come out four and one through those first five games. That's some. That's really something. And then one other, one other comment on that. Looking at uh, overall DVOA, Packers ranked ninth overall in offense and ninth overall in defense. So we have both a top ten offense <laughs> and a top ten defense right now, and that is something to celebrate right now yeah yeah man you're gonna you're gonna hear cheers from my end all year because you know this was the change that needed to be made and it's showing up big time now now obviously we're you know five weeks into the season um and it's a long season and the Packers have already had to endure their fair share of of storms you know Mm -hmm. they've had some key guys go down um have plenty of guys on IR that list is is growing, unfortunately, but you know we're actually seeing this team, you know, play complementary football, compete, you know, in all three phases. You know, you got J.K. Scott, the weapon, you know, for special teams. You got a formidable defense and all kinds of stuff. And so, overall, man, this is just a completely different team. It's amazing to watch. And it's amazing to watch a coach kind of want to coach in all those facets. You can see that this, you know, he lets these guys be who they are. And you can Mm -hmm. see it on the defense. Like, I don't think any of this would have really flown under McCarthy's watch. You know, they're celebrating after each play. Like, the interception that Sullivan had, he was calling everybody over on the defense to get back (laughs) in the end zone to celebrate. Epic, epic celebration. And Zadaria Smith doing the Ray Lewis celebration. Like, it's Uh just this, you see the character out of all of these guys and they're having fun with it, but also, like, they, they feel like they can be who they are a little bit more and they're a little bit more free flowing. And I just think players like that kind of coach who lets them do what they do, but also knows what he's talking about. Like, you listen to uh, a Matt LaFleur press conference and this guy knows what he's doing. Sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, you kind of question McCarthy at times, you know, at times, you know, listen to the prep conferences, you know, does he really know what's best for his players as far as like a psyche or anything as far as psyche is concerned. But, you know, I, I think LaFleur definitely gets it from a player's perspective. Yeah, he he's definitely, you know, a player's coach. Like they say, you know, I think I think he he meshes well with a lot of the personalities on the game you know, on the team rather. And he, he definitely seems to be, you know, super even killed. And you know what he, he demands, you know, of his players, you can definitely tell that he has a standard, you know, and I like that, you know, um, a lot's been kind of made of his, you know, uh, four and one record at this point as a rookie head coach. And you could tell that he's not allowing that to get to his head. He's staying focused on, you know, just going, you know, one and oh that week. And I love, I love that, you know, you can see that he's locked in and, you know, he's expecting great things from this team, which I think at this point, if you haven't bought into this team being for real, then you better jump on the bandwagon now because uh, they're doing some for real things already at the beginning of the season. Yep. And before we kind of transition to the offense a little bit more, uh, there's one right. thing that kind of excited me a little bit about the post the, the post game um, was Aaron Rodgers kind of talking about, you know, 
wasn't necessarily one of his most statistically great games. And he was basically like, no, I, you know, in previous seasons, I, I, I put up all the stats and now I'm just looking to win. Uh, that tells you that he's, he's willing to involve players how they need to be involved, like Aaron Jones a little bit more and kind of maybe right. letting, you know, willing to get a little bit of that slack off of his back and let, you know, trust his teammates a little bit more. So I, I'm really excited about this team and I'm, I'm close to buying this team as a Super Bowl contender. And that's yeah. how confident I am. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, I'm right, there, I'm right there with you. I think we have every reason to be confident. They have played some really tough teams, you know, and Dallas has always been, they've always given them really close games, you know, um, and I was expecting a closer game, to be honest, and it got a little bit close there at the end, um, but, you know, for the most part, you know, this team is is proven that they can win games, man, and, you know, whether you look at the stat sheet and notice certain trends that may not be, you know, the best thing to look at, they're getting the win at the end of the game, and I just know that offense, defense, and special teams, they're going to improve throughout the year. So um, I'm just glad that they're 4-1, and one and they're still growing, and they're getting better. Yep. So, yeah, definitely, Matt. Let's talk a little bit, uh, Matt, uh, as you said. Let's talk about the offensive line. You know, this was one of those games where, man, they created some awesome holes in the run game. And in my personal opinion, they simply outmanned that Cowboys defensive you know, front, which is, you know, led by some solid pass rushers as well as some really solid inside linebackers in Smith and Vander Esch, you know, and if there was ever a game to prove that the Packers could run the ball, you know, this was a great test to do so. And I thought they absolutely, you know, proved that they could run the ball against a, a formidable defense. Yeah, and it was very clearly part of Matt LaFleur's game plan to involve Aaron Jones a little bit more. Um, with, with the loss of Devontae Adams, you know, um, they had to ha- have some focal point in this offense. And clearly they identified this. Um, and this was something that I mentioned last week. They kind of moved a little bit more away from the stretch run plays. Um, I, um, and I know Brandon mentioned um, they don't really have the tight ends to really block for this. So I, I think LaFleur is finally starting to learn the strengths of this offense, and that's very right. much so up up the middle. You know, yeah. um, <clears throat> Elton Jenkins is ha- having a great start to this year, <laughs> and in, in relief of uh, Lane Taylor, uh, yeah. really is really is you know manhandling people in the run game, and is a pretty solid pass blocker. So, yeah. um, and then yeah, you know, obviously Corey Lindsley is a great center. He went down. Lucas Patrick did a great job of filling in for him. You know, that's right. not an e- that's not easy coming in off the bench like that, and then all of a sudden snapping in a hostile environment, trying to get the snap right. counts. You know, being in tune with Rogers to hike the ball. That's not an easy job for anybody. So the fact that he played as well as he did is astounding. Right. Um, and then, you know, obviously the bookends have had a great start to this year. Brian Balaga uh, was on the injury report this week, um, yeah. really gutted it out, and still has yet to allow a single sack this year. So I know we were talking about the run game, but, mm-hmm. I mean, he's just having himself a year so far. Um, yeah, he, he stoned uh, DeMarcus Lawrence all day. Yeah. You know, I mean, which was, you know, and so did Bakhtiari for that matter, but you know, the truth was, was that these guys, you know, they played exceptional. You know, I wrote in my notes, you know, Jenkins is a man mover because, you know, he was going to get some tough competition and, you know, he, he looked, he looks every bit of the second round pick that he is 
that unfortunately the Packers fans didn't get to see from the former second round pick, you know, Jason Spriggs. Yeah. And so, you know, different positions, obviously, but Jay Jenkins is, is turning out to be a gem, man. I mean, these draft picks this year are just amazing. Yeah. And you're really seeing the depth in this draft class. I mean, it's, it's really good to see, um, you, you, I, it, you kind of were concerned that they didn't draft a tackle with the injury concerns that Balaga's had over the years, but I can right. see why they wanted somebody like Jenkins because he is versatile. So if Patrick weren't able to, I mean, if Patrick were really struggling at center, they probably would have moved Elton Jenkins to center and started snapping with him and maybe moved like Cole Madison in there or just kind of, you know, switched right. it up a little bit more. Uh, but really it helps to have, you basically now have a position solidified. Uh, Elton Jenkins is your left guard now. Uh, he, he's yeah. just played that well. He has solidified that position, even if Lane Taylor comes back healthy. Um, I know he's on IR right now, but if he does come back uh, with that IR designated for return, um, you know, I, I still think he's played well enough to solidify that left guard position. But that brings me to my other point that I want to make. Um, Billy Turner is not having a great start to the year um i know he's one of those brian gutekunst moves from the off season they paid him a lot of money to solidify either that right guard or right tackle position um he had a oh he had an okay game yesterday he was good in the run game but boy he's had some real struggles uh, um, as far as pass blocking you know uh he's let some pressure up the middle and rogers i think that's why you've seen rogers at times get a little bit of happy feet is there's a lot of pressure coming up the middle right yeah, he's definitely been one of those guys that, you know, I think the bulk of his contract was, you know, uh, given to him because of his versatility, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily because he was, you know, a kind of locked down at either position, but, you know, because he's a solid swing man. And, you know, I think there is value in that. Of course, we know that. But, you know, yeah, he's he's had his moments where he's looked a little overwhelmed. Um, certainly when he's going up against, you know, some solid rushers. And and I think, um, you know, I'm hoping that he's going to kind of anchor down here pretty soon because, you know, if Lafleur strikes me as that kind of coach that is literally trying to get the best 11 on, on the field at all times, you know, and, you know, you remember just a few weeks ago before Taylor was hurt, you know, he had an open competition at left guard mm-hmm. and he flat out said it. And if – if Turner doesn't, you know, get things going in the right direction, there's going to be another competition at right guard, you know, and, you know, a guy like Madison, you know, may, may actually push him for that spot. You know, we'll, we'll see, but, you know, yeah, I think he's had his struggles, but, you know, so far uh, Rogers has maintained, you know, healthy. And uh, I think that's the, the big win out of that situation. Yep. And I, I think you, you kind of mentioned on it. They're, they're they're pretty deep at guard right now. They have a lot of bodies that they can rotate through there. And um, another thing we kind of mentioned was it, obviously a lot of guys on IR right now and kind of banged up. It's important to have that kind of depth because there are going to be injuries throughout the year. It's just going to happen. So yep. to your point, having Billy Turner on roster is really helpful. So if Brian Malaga yeah. does go down – um, I know Alex Light kind of struggled last week in uh, the Philly game. 
Um, right. You can kind of move the offensive line around a little bit and see what works a little a little bit better. So right. um, there, it, it is nice to have that depth, and that's something the Packers didn't have last year. You know, they did not have a lot of guard depth, and they were trusting, you know, Justin the Justin McCrays of the world to really lock down that position. And um, oh gosh, who was the who was the old uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, guard who they I can't think of him off the top of my head, but um, it really it's just a lot of nobody's trying to lock down the right guard position. And now you have a couple of guys who are really solid there. So it's, it's good to have that depth. And I think you're seeing that depth across the roster too, because uh, wide receiver was another spot where we were concerned with Adams going into this game with him being out, you know, were they going to be able to produce enough on the outside? Right. Yeah. And you know, that, that turned out to be, you know, a little bit of a, I think they just avoided it in a way, because I think they were, I don't want to say avoided it, but I think their game plan really was to try to dominate, you know, on the ground and certainly run to pass, you know, um, and I think they accomplished that, you know, uh, something that, you know, I kind of had noted here was, you know, in the passing game, the biggest difference maker in this game, and this is something that, you know, Rodgers gets knocked on, but he was crazy efficient, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and in his efficiency, you know, sometimes that means he'll hold the ball, he'll throw it away, he'll take high percentage throws, you know, and that literally proved to be a game winning formula for the Packers because while he didn't notch a TD, you know, for I think like the fifth time in his career or something like that, you know, him not forcing potential throws you know, that could be turned over, it proved out to be a difference maker, you know, and like you said earlier, you know, Roger said in an interview with Favre, you know, today, I believe it was at this point in his career, it's just about wins and championships. And so Sunday was just, Mm -hmm. it was this prime example of him saying, Hey, you know what, I'm going to do what needs to be done for the team. And Rogers didn't even care about not throwing it all over the yard. Like he did the week before they got the win. You know, and so I think uh, the passing game is one of those things that, hey, if it's if it's not there, you know, and I think it could have been there, but it's just if it's not there, it's not a big deal. They can still win the game. And it's funny you mentioned that because he did play very conservatively throughout that game, but was very efficient. But he also made one of the most insane throws as he was avoiding pressure, <laughs> to Bob Tanyan on the sidelines. He, he avoids pressure and then takes a hit and takes a really risky throw to Bob, uh, Bob Tanyan along the sideline. And the most right. beautiful pitch and catch I've ever seen, it was just such a great athletic play. But to your point, you know, they played a very conservative style of football, um, which I think benefited them against that defense. So they really right. played similar to how the Eagles played against the Packers last week. They used mm. their running backs a little bit more in the passing games. They used their tight ends more. Jimmy Graham was really involved in this. I think they yeah. were planning to use Tanyan more in this, and then he got banged up and knocked out of the game. So, right. you know, it was it was good to see the short passing game a little bit more. They, you know, they did a lot of the screenplays. I mean, uh, like I said earlier, Aaron Jones had a huge game in the passing game. But, you know, Trey Carson had a couple of catches in there, four catches for 18 yards, like – they just got everybody involved in this, and it really started to work. It started to wear down the Cowboys' defense. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, something that something that I had noticed, and, and I don't know, uh, I didn't put this in my notes, but what are your thoughts on just kind of the 
the overall uh, connection between Rodgers and MVS because, you know, I noticed early in the game, uh, I think it was in the second quarter, Rodgers overthrows him uh, in the end zone. And then later in the game, he underthrows him. And he made a great throw to him on, you know, a crossing route to the sideline. But it just seems like to me, like, I don't know. I don't think it's a trust thing because I think Rodgers is, he's putting the target there. It's just, I don't know if this kid is just so fast that Rodgers can't, you know, get a, <laughs> get a dial on him. You know what I mean? He just doesn't know how to dial it up to him. What, what are your thoughts on him and his connection with Rogers? So it's a little bit of everything right now. Um, MBS, it, it, he came out as a raw project. Like everybody knew that he had the raw skills to be a great wide receiver in this league. And it's his second year. You've seen mm-hmm. glimpses of everything put together. Like he had a great game against Denver. Um, you know, he had some solid moments against the bears. He had a decent catch in this game. It's just about getting him more reps. And really, you look at it, this was the perfect game to get him a little bit more involved, and they didn't do it. And I think it was more just um, kind of to our point earlier, Rodgers was doing everything he could to just win the game. Um, Right. And it's almost kind of the detriment of his uh, chemistry with MBS because you saw he overthrew him a little bit and underthrew him on that deep ball. There was another one where MBS completely blew by his man and hit the, uh, I want to say it hit the defender in the back of the helmet. Um, yeah, right. all of that's just kind of, you know, they need to get more reps together because Rodgers is so used to throwing to Devontae Adams. He's so used to throwing to Jordy Nelson. Like he, he always has had his favorites in that regard. So right. he, he's going to kind of fall back on that from time to time. But I, I think, you know, MBS needs to earn that trust a little bit too, because right. Rodgers isn't going to always force it into those wide receivers. And especially if they're not going to catch it. And guess what? MVS has had struggles with that this year. He's had a couple of bad drops. So um, am I going to say that it's completely worrisome? No, he offers a great value to this football team. He takes the top, he takes the top off of defenses better than anybody else. So um, I I just think it needs a little bit more time. He needs to get a few more reps, but you know, in games where Devonte Adams is going to miss, it's going to be a struggle at times. But uh, they clearly had a great game plan for this, so it wasn't a, uh, a complete necessity to have MBS and Rogers clicking. Yeah, yeah, and and that you know to your point, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's what I love about this offense thus far is that if it's not there, if it you know isn't you know kind of a must-have. They're so flexible that they can say, hey, let's run. Let's, let's you know, dump it off a little bit. Let's do something different. I love the flexibility that this offense, you know, has, has shown because I think we've seen almost every week sort of something be highlighted and that, you know, in the, in the first couple of weeks, it was just this dominant defense that won the game. And then, you know, you know we just see different – different kind of things sort of rise and fall of how the Packers are finding ways to win the game. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. You know, they've got a W they move on to the next week and, you know, they, they get after it again. So uh, let's talk about, you know, I don't know if you wanted to cover anything else with the receivers, but uh, do you have anything else with that? Uh, I will say one other thing, and I don't think it it. necessarily falls in the receiver camp, but I think it falls more in the pass catcher camp. 
Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham had himself a fantastic Sunday, and I, I've given him a lot of crap this year for his blocking, but he had one of the best <laughs> blocking games I've ever seen him have, and he had a great – it might have been close to a crackback block, but uh, I, think the, I think the ref was just shocked that he was able to sustain a block, so I don't yeah. think they called it. Um, right. But, no, he had himself a great game. He, you know, he proved a lot of people wrong that you know he's not a blocker. He can't be an inline tight end. If he and plays know, like that, yeah, we know Jimmy listens to this podcast. So, <laughs> so um, uh, Jimmy, thank you so much for the blocks. I'll say it on behalf of both Matt and I. Continue, Matt. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. No. <laughs> no, but like it, you know, it, obviously it's not just from like us, you know, nobody's on a podcast in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but you know, a lot of the national media has kind of gotten on him for his blocking, and he has been the butt end of a few jokes as far as you know yeah. trying to you know block uh, Khalil Mack and Daniel Hunter and um, last uh, who is it, uh, Derek Barnett and those folks. Yeah, he completely pulled a one eighty on everybody, and you know maybe kind of gets people second guessing him as a blocker. So you have to actually kind of trust him on that front. So yeah. props to him. He proved a lot of people wrong yesterday, uh, two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Hey man, I'm with you. You know, we got to give him props where props are due. And, and yeah, you know, he definitely stepped up in a, in a big way that, you know, we haven't seen him step up with. So, you know, mm-hmm. Hey man, kudos to Jimmy. I know you're listening to Jimmy. Uh, if you ever want to take, <laughs> Matt and Matt and I on a helicopter ride, you know, we're down. You just got to come all the way down to South Texas to pick me up first. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> moving right along, you know, the offense, I mean, the offense went through number 33 yesterday. I mean, let's just talk about the other Aaron on the team. Uh, Mr. Aaron Jones, you know, he made sure that his second visit to AT&T stadium was even harder to forget than his first. I mean, he notched his, you know, second 100-yard rushing game of the season. He gained 182 yards from scrimmage. He caught seven passes for 75 yards, 19 carries for a buck 07, and four, Matt, just like the Lombardi trophies, four (laughs) touchdowns, tying a franchise record for the most single-game rushing scores. I mean, Aaron Jones was straight fire. Yeah, and they needed to be. It was great to see because he was, you know, he was shut down uh, last week against Philly. So it was nice to see a bounce back game. But I think the most encouraging thing for me was in that Philly game, we didn't see a lot of handoffs to Aaron Jones in the red zone. And uh, LaFleur went immediately to Jones in this <laughs> game for it. It, it. it was great to see because he, Jones has the ability to make tacklers miss. Um, and it's not necessarily the power that Jamal Williams brings or what Ali Lacey brought a couple a couple of years back where you could just bulldoze people on the goal line. But right. that's still valuable to have there. You know, I, and I, I got to be honest, I'm going to be using that gif of Aaron Jones waving at the uh, linebacker as he runs into the end zone a lot this season because that was so it's it's a little taunting, a little trash talk, but it's just great <laughs> to see him with a little bit of confidence and hey. you know after after a rough game. So it, it was so refreshing to see him involved a lot more, though. You know, and the <laughs> offense the offense needs that swag, man. I think mm-hmm. I think they're starting to gain their swag. You know, I think you know Aaron Jones. You know, he called the offense into the end zone a couple times yesterday to to snap a picture. And you know what? That that kind of confidence is something that they need 
on the offensive side of the ball. Because right now, you know, thus far, everybody's been talking about the Smith brothers and, and the secondary and and all that stuff, which is which is rightfully so to be talked about. And it mm-hmm. kind of looks like, you know, this Aaron Rodgers-led offense is sort of taking a back seat. Well, I, I know Aaron Rodgers is fine with that because he knows they're winning games. But the truth is, is that I would love to see this offense catch fire and be the offense that we had seen, you know, two, three, four years ago where they were putting up 30 plus points a game, you know, literally just being able to dominate, you know, on that side of the ball. And every week, every week, Matt, they have, they've literally improved their score or tied it at least. And so they're putting up more and more points week after week. So that's definitely encouraging to see. Well, and what you're going to start to see here is the Packers schedule starting to lighten up on the defensive side. So um, obviously we'll get to Detroit, you know, not nearly. They're a solid defensive unit, but they're not nearly the defenses that they've been playing. Uh, following week, they have Oakland, who's, I mean, they're a mess right now. I know they just beat the, uh, the Bears over in London, but there are a lot of, extraneous factors that led to that one so um and then after that they played the kansas city chiefs who are don't get me wrong a potent offense but they're nothing to write home about on defense so you know you'll see the offense start to i think hit its stride and i think you saw it in the dallas game where you know they ran into the teeth of what dallas does really well they're great you know they've got great linebackers they got a great defensive line and they ran all day on them and it was great to see and if Devontae Adams comes back healthy, this offense is going to be really dangerous. And if MBS starts to catch fire too, I, I don't know who you really stop at this point because there's just too many weapons. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's the beautiful thing about seeing this whole thing to come together, you know, at this point in the season is that, you know, we are – Rodgers admitted it. You know, Lafleur admitted it that, you know, it was going to take some time to kind of get this, this – um, offense you know on the same page flowing you know everything from the game calls to the game planning to the execution overall and and it's finally starting to happen so it's it's definitely a a a pretty awesome thing to see um but yeah man aaron jones and i know he listens aaron jones 33 from el paso texas just absolutely put it on the Cowboys on Sunday, which was, man, I could, I, I gotta, I gotta get here. I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna go there yet. My (laughs) favorite, my favorite moment of the game, Matt, was Aaron Jones stiff arm on Jalen Smith. I jumped out of my chair and I was just like, (laughs) Oh my God. Like I was freaking out. I jumped out of my chair and I couldn't wait for the replay to happen because I saw it in real time. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. that's like poster material. I mean, that was amazing, man. I don't know how you felt in that moment, but it was it was electric for me. He put Jalen Smith on a poster for sure. But I actually, I, my favorite part was both of them kind of coming up after that and giving each other props. That was really cool to see. <laughs> you know, Ball, respect, ball. That was great. You know, uh, but yeah, Aaron Jones. That's a side you don't really see from him that often is he's got a little bit of strength to him. You know, you see him as kind of a, a slasher and make a, you make you miss kind of guy. But, right. boy, 
you know, he ran with a lot of power. That was so fun to see. Yeah, he absolutely just, I mean, when when he did that, that was something I hadn't seen um, really from him in his in his kind of running game style. You know, a lot of times he, he you know, he gets taken down kind of awkwardly and power is kind of not something we've seen a lot of from him. You know, we always kind of allude to Jamal Williams being that guy, but man, dude, that was just amazing i I loved every second of it yep so uh matt you want to let's switch over to the defense man yeah and let's talk a little bit about the defense and you know the defense highlighted the day with three interceptions a fourth was negated by the hands uh to the face penalty and i believe there was also two forced fumbles uh one which was off that that play to cobb where where cobb was in the backfield um which was recovered by the Packers, but I believe it was wiped out by a bogus penalty. Um, and another, uh, which was recovered by Tavon Austin on a punt return. And so, I mean, these guys are coming up with ways to take away that football. And it proved to be the difference maker in, you know, what was uh, eventually just a 10-point a difference at the end of the game. Yeah, and I, I know a lot will be amazing about the secondary getting kind of burned late in that game. But really, they did a great job of turning the ball over. Uh, you know, it, that uh, that Sullivan interception was, a fan, I mean, that was an athletic play that he made, to, you know, snag that ball out of the air. You know, yeah. Dak Prescott, I don't think, you know, he's looking at, you know, it's, I think it's number 29 or 39. Um, he's looking at 39 like he's not going to be able to catch this and, you know, not going to snag this from underneath. And he made a great play on the ball. But, right. you know, um, yeah, the defense played really well through three quarters and then just kind of let it go a little bit in the fourth quarter. I, you know, I they were a little bit banged up. You know, Darnell Savage left. Um, uh, yeah, I early halfway. on. Yeah, I was going to say it, early in the first half. Or I think it was like the second quarter. Right. Um, so you saw a lot of run from a, a couple of other guys. You know, Will Redmond had a lot of playing time. Uh, Josh Jackson, I think, uh, subbed in a little bit there. Um, so... It'll be interesting to see what happens with Savage. I hope he's not out too long because I think he helps really solidify this defense. But, um, you know, the, the pass rush was really the story on the day. You know, outside of a few bad – I wouldn't say there were bad Zadarius Smith penalties, but he definitely he definitely deserved a couple of hands – he had a couple of hands to the face um, on the Cowboys offensive line, but he was, right. a menace. he was a menace all day. I mean, he had yeah. two sacks. He had two sacks. They just – they had no one to block him. And Preston Smith had a solid day as well. I know he had a uh, uh, tackle for loss and a sack and a pass defense. He had a batted ball at the line. So he had himself a day, too. Both the Smiths, you know, were working hard. Um, but, you know, really impacting the uh, impacting the game early, just getting a lot of pressure. Um, and that's why you saw the Packers get out to such an early lead. Um, and then kind of as the game wore down, you can see the injuries were taking its toll. Zedarius, you know, I don't know if it was cramping or if it was his knee that's kind of been bothering the last few weeks. He was on the turf a lot. So, um, right. you know, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of respond to that. You know, getting Rashawn Gary a little bit more involved. He had a, a couple tackles on the day, but was kind of quiet as far as the pass rush. So, um, you know, if one of these Smiths do end up going down, you know, are they going to be able to sustain a lot of that pressure? And, you could kind of see the Cowboys work their way back in because Dak had a lot of time to throw. So, right. um, 
I think that was just more the Packers being cautious than anything. Um, they clearly had the game in hand with it being 31 to three. Um, right. And it just, you know, wasn't that much of a concern after that. So it, it, this is a very good unit. And when they're healthy, it can be a great unit. Um, you just worry about those injuries kind of moving forward. Right. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to give a ton of props to, to guys like Will Redman, um, Sullivan, man. I mean, you know, even yeah. Oren Burks got Oren Burks got back in the game a little bit there, and these guys, this secondary is as deep as it has ever been, because I don't think I've seen. I mean, to be quite honest, you know, I didn't know a ton about Shannon Sullivan, and I was like, this dude just picked off Prescott. Now, I was pleasantly surprised to see that happen and Redman I believe had got the other interception in the end zone which was uh negated by I don't know what they called on that play I think it was uh I don't know if they said it oh god what was the penalty all I know is I think it was one of the Zadaria Smith hands to the face or it was either yeah that it was either that or the phantom um Rashawn Gary hands to the head uh, I th- yeah, something like that. It was a <laughs> oh gosh, that penalty was amazing. Yeah, um, it, it was one of those things. But you know, we're seeing guys on this team step up, and these are these are guys that are, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth down the depth chart, uh, making plays for this defense, and so that was encouraging to see. And you know, the other thing that you know really stood out to me was Kevin King. You know, went from doubtful to questionable to playing in this game, he had an interception. He had a couple pass deflections. He was making tackles all over the field. I mean, for a guy that's been knocked about his availability, you know, his entire career, um, that was so encouraging to see because it's like, you know what? We got Zadarius, man, putting his body on the line. Uh, you got a guy like Kevin King who struggled with this kind of stuff, come back to play in this game, makes a huge play, you know, uh, towards the end of the game. Man, what's not to like about that? Yeah, him going from doubtful to questionable really, you know, kind of shows a lot of people who questioned his, you know, toughness and his ability to stay healthy. It was just great to see because – when he has been healthy, he's been a good football player. And I think bordering on great now, I, I, he's stacking success in the last couple of weeks. You know, he had a great week against Philly. Obviously, uh, obviously Elshon Jeffrey was a little bit banged up, but he had a right. great game. He had a great game on Sunday against a pretty solid passing offense. And I think you're starting to see now if he's healthy, he's going to be an asset to the secondary if, you know, Obviously, Jair Alexander had a little bit of a rough day on Sunday, and we'll get to that in a minute here. But um, if if you pair those guys together with those safeties, you're going to be able to shut down a lot of good offenses just long enough to let Aaron Rodgers and that that offense score enough points to win games. So, you know, when you're getting into the dregs of the season and you you can rely on a few things like that, where it's your pass rush and your your secondary, you're going to win some tough football games. And, Going down to Dallas and throwing 31 points on them on Dallas before they score three, that's, yeah. that's an incredible feat. And that's, a, that's really a 
testament to guys like Kevin King really stepping up and really gutting out a you know a game he probably didn't need to play in. Honestly, the, yeah. he, he, you don't want to get hurt this early in the season and risk further injury. But he really gutted it out, and I, I honestly prop to him. Yeah, yeah, he definitely. He definitely stepped up in a big way, and it was one of those things. And it's like you said, you know, you kind of mentioned Jair, you know, uh, having given up some yards, you know. And, and the truth about, you know, my, my kind of take on that, you know, a lot of this was somewhat of garbage time, you know, um, stats. And so, you know, I think that was one thing. The other thing was that, that I noticed now, I, I love that our defense is, is attacking the football. I mean, because they're, again, it's proven to be the difference maker in these games. I think, though, their aggressiveness, though, sometimes is gets the best of them. And I think, you know, on that particular touchdown to Cooper, uh, you know, Jair was seen, you know, trying to strip that ball out, which he almost did. Mm-hmm. And But what ended up happening was he missed the tackle. And then, you know, Cooper, you know, had a little nifty move there, you know, pretty much at the goal line. And, you know, he gave up a pretty big touchdown. And so, you know, it's kind of like you, you gotta, you gotta take the the good with the bad and the bad with the good here on this one. I don't necessarily think it's much to be concerned about with Jair. Uh, But yeah, they, they definitely, the Cowboys offense definitely started going a bunch of double move type stuff. And, really just trying to get chunk plays, and, and unfortunately they did give up uh, several in that game. Yeah, the, the Cowboys got a few over the top, and honestly with Jair being that aggressive, it's going to happen. But um, he has all the tools to be a not even just a top-tier cornerback. Uh, he can be the best cornerback in football. He has that skill set right now, and he's shown it at times this year that he can be – the best cornerback in this league. Yeah. Um, he's going to have some growing pains from time to time. Again, being that aggressive, um, facing better wide receivers. Like, you know, there, there are going to be times where he's just going to be, um, you know, at a loss uh, playing certain wide receivers. You know, they're going to have some, set, some guys on this schedule that are going to get some I'm looking ahead a little bit here. Um, they'll, uh, obviously, Allen Robinson's a little bit of a mismatch for him. Um, and you know, if they ever play somebody like Julio Jones or Odell Beckham, those guys are solid receivers. So they'll give him fits, but I still trust him in a one-on-one battle. Uh, I, you know, uh, I'll be his biggest defender. He has the skill set to be that good in this league. So I'll take one bad game against Dallas on the road. Uh, if the Packers come out of it victorious. So I, I, I take it all with a grain of salt. I think he'll bounce back next week against a, um, I'll, I'll call it mediocre uh, Lions. So a better week against uh, some some easier opponents. So ZCAD was pretty much uh, not much of a factor in this game as, you know, I think uh, everybody anticipated to him to be, you know, he had 12 attempts for 62 yards, which was, you know, a 5.2 average. You know, he had a touchdown. He had a couple receptions. He had a big one. Um, and, you know, all things considered, though, he wasn't the star of the show. And I think this was intentional petting defense. They said, if we could take out Zeke, 
And if we can really disrupt his game, we're going to make Dak try to beat us through the air, and we're going to make Dak try to win this game. And to be honest, I think the Cowboys fell right into, you know, uh, Petten's defensive game plan because those three interceptions of Prescott and the three sacks, you know, that, that they got on him, that was the game right there. That was the game. And they, they allowed Dak to put the ball in their hands and basically, you know, uh, win the game that way. So, um, yeah, I didn't think Zeke had all that terrible of a game. It just really, you know, the, the turnovers, like you said, were just that costly because the Packers got, you know, to a massive lead, and you just can't run the football as much when you're coming back from 31-3 down. So, you know, right. they, they at that point, you're just basically relying on Dak to try and win you that game. So um, <clears throat> I don't necessarily think that, um, Petten was 100% going against the run and trying to make Dak beat them over the top. I just think that this secondary is that good where, and this pass rush is that good where it can impact the game that much and force some bad turnovers. So um, right. I, I think once it got down to that, they stopped, finally just said, all right, you know, you can run all over us. We don't care. We're going to stop you because we're up 31 to three, try and pass right. against us. Um, and they did successfully, which, you know, I again take it with a grain of salt, but I honestly I think Patton schemed up pressure really well in this early on, and that's what forced a couple of turnovers and some turnovers on uh, uh, some three outs. So, um, he, he did a really good job of game planning against this Cowboys offense, but it did really help to have Tyron Smith on the side, uh, Tyron Smith on the sideline because you know, if you're not able to get pressure from both ends, there were a couple times where both the Smiths were meeting at the quarterback, like it, it's. <laughs> it made a huge difference in this one. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was huge, you know. And you know, I think I think that's it, it it is a credit to like you said the pass rush. It is a credit to you know, the corners playing excellent defense. You know, there was some really tight coverage, you know, which I think forced Dak into those moments, you know, like you said, and it like it was the difference maker in the game. Without those three turnovers, you know, the, the game ended on a two-possession win. You know, a 10-point mm -hmm. game is, is, is not much, you know, when you think about it. And the fact that they intercepted him three times, you know, <clears throat> that was the difference maker. And those, those turnovers, you know, him, him giving up three, Rodgers giving up none, that's what it, what it boiled down to. And it just showed that, you know, you know having a quarterback – like Aaron Rodgers, that will protect the ball, is a phenomenal asset to have. Likewise, having a defense that can harass a quarterback is also an awesome thing to have, and it put Dak in those kinds of situations. You know, um, me being, you know, a Packers fan, you know, I, I, I watch a lot of, uh, well, a Texas, you know, Packers fan. I live in Texas. And I've watched a ton of Dak Prescott football. I mean, more than most Cowboys fans. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the truth is, is that, you know, Dak Prescott, he's a gamer. You know, he'll put his body on the line to win for that team. He, he at times can, you know, 
just work with what he has and and make some pretty pretty good moments happen for their team. But I'm going to tell you, you know, kind of the truth on Prescott is that, you know, everybody's been making a big deal. Well, Dak should get paid. Dak should get paid. Dak should get paid in, in Cowboys Nation. And I've told, you know, pretty much every Cowboy fan that I knew, I said, I said, you better not pay that guy before you pay Ezekiel Elliott. I said, Ezekiel Elliott needs to get paid because the offense runs through him. And that's the truth of the matter. You know, they win more games when, when you know, Zeke's on the field than, than really when they are when, when Dak's, you know, kind of having to run the show. And that's not to completely knock on Dak. I just don't think he's worth that monstrous contract that he's uh, been demanding over there from Jerry. So just my little two cents on that, on that uh, situation. Yeah, and it's tough. Like you need to, the hard part is you need to have a quarterback in, in this league to be able to compete. And I think Dak is a very good one. I just I, I think to a certain extent you're right. Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he is such a big part of what they try and do on offense. Um, but <clears throat> I think a big thing that happened on Sunday too was there are a lot of injuries on that you know in, in that uh, that Cowboys team. So you know both the both the t- uh, the tackles were banged up in this one. So. You know, that played a big factor into this. Um, but I, I trust you as the resident Texan here uh, <laughs> in, in your scouting report of Dak Prescott. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I think he's a talented guy. I think he can be, yeah. you know, what Dallas needs as far as uh, uh, talent at quarterback, especially with Zeke Elliott and with Gallup on the outside, Cooper right. and Randall Cobb. Like, that's a good offense when, when healthy and firing on all cylinders. But, yeah. Right. I don't think he's going to be a complete game changer like um, Elliot is if you get him going. Right, and for what they're and for what for what they do, Dak does it well. You know what I mean? Yes. You know they are a run first offense. They they do. You know, to be honest, I think what the Packers showed them the Packer offense was they literally took took their game plan and, and what they do, which is bully people with the run game. And the Packers said, hey, we can bully you with the run game too. And, you know, I think um, for what they do offensively, the Cowboys, you know, that's their game. And, you know, Dak does well with, with what he does. I just don't think he's a, a $40 million a year quarterback. I've, I've pegged him between the 26 to $28, $29 million mark. Uh, because of what he does and how the offense, you know, is run. It's not necessarily run entirely through him. Um, and it's definitely heavily re- relied on, you know, a guy like Ezekiel Elliott. But, uh, you know, moving away from that, the Packers came out with a win. They are 4-1, and one, you know, against the Dallas Cowboys. Went down to Jerry's world and Aaron proved once again why he uh, lives – Rent-free and guys like, you know, Skip Bayless's head. And, and Jerry probably has nightmares of Aaron Rodgers um, in his sleep. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, honestly, uh, Aaron Rodgers loves playing in domes. And uh, Jerry World, uh, obviously, that's where they won their Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So he's very accustomed to throwing all over the field in that one. So great to see, uh, great to see Rodgers uh, play a little bit more unselfishly in this one handed off a little bit more play a little bit outside of his comfort zone with his back to the uh backers a little bit more with play action 
Um, so honestly, happy to put a pin in this, you know, put a cap on this with a little bow on top. Um, this is a great <laughs> win uh, on the road. Um, we'll see um, another challenging opponent next week in a division rival in the Detroit Lions. And I'm excited to look and looking forward to that one. Yeah, you know, upcoming, yeah, the Lions are Lions are going to Green Bay. The Packers surprisingly haven't beaten them. Was it at home? I don't know if you read this stat in a thousand days. Was was that correct or was that just um in the calendar year? And that the Packers haven't beat the Lions? Yeah. Yeah, it's been I think that sounds about right cuz they haven't won the last couple or last two years I believe against the Lions and Yeah. Okay, it's so long yeah. overdue. Yeah, it is long overdue. So this, you know, this is a big time matchup. You know, the Packers, you know, in the NFC North, here's the truth of the matter. They've quickly become the strongest division, I believe, in the NFC and quite possibly in the NFL with Chicago and Minnesota, you know, both have three and two records and the Lions have a two one and one record, which is good for second place in the division. So the Packers aren't getting any breaks. And, you know, this is a must win game you know even early on uh in the season i don't know what your thoughts are about that yeah i mean this is if the packers want to maintain the lead that they have in the division this is the kind of game that you need to win they beat the two teams that you needed to beat in the lion or in the bears and the vikings because those were the two teams that probably threaten you most as far as the division lead moving forward I think the Lions are a very good team, and the NFC North in general is a great division. Um, you could argue it's the best one. Um, honestly, pound for pound, probably the best. It, you know, it's either them or the NFC West. You know, they've got the Rams, the uh, Seahawks, and the 49ers, who are surprisingly undefeated right now. Right. So um, the only blemish on there is uh, Arizona kind of struggling through the season. But, um, yeah, you know, this is the kind of game that it's at home. It's on Monday night. You know, it's going to be a lot of people watching nationwide. It's this is where you kind of plant your flag. This is where you say, you know what? There are a couple. You know, 49ers are still undefeated. Um, there are a couple teams that are you know claiming to be the best team in the league right now. I know the Patriots are out there right now with a, one of the best defenses in the league, but. Do this in prime time. Show everybody what your worth is. You know, really. Take it to a team that you haven't been able to the last two years and show them that you have a newfound defense and you have a newfound offense, uh, you know, offensive mind who's able to create a little bit more uh, mismatches around the field. This is kind of Matt LaFleur's statement game a little bit more than, say, the Bears game was at the beginning of the season, that now you're 5-1 mm-hmm. and one and you've created a nice little cushion between you and the rest of the division because really and truly – the rest of the division is going to beat up on itself moving forward. And if you start out five and one, you're pretty much a shoe in for the playoffs at this point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, it's crazy because I don't, I don't think anybody would have predicted at this point that you know, the Packers now, they kind of actually have a target on their back. And I think a lot of people maybe, you know, kind of thought of them coming into this season as, you know, a team that was going to struggle a lot. There's going to be a lot of, growing pains and, and the season is still young and, you know, we may see that happen. Um, but thus far, the way they've jumped out, you know, to currently have a lead in the division, possibly, you know, get another uh, win uh, this coming Monday and get, you know, a bigger lead in the division, man, that's everything that we want to see as Packer fans at this point um, in the season, a couple tough, 
you know, matchups, you know, coming up still up ahead, you know, the Niners who you alluded to are, are going to be one of those. And, and, you know, they're going to be a, a team that, you know, the Packers are going to, they're going to have to go through and they're just going to have to prove themselves week after week. But I like their chances against the Lions at home. Surprisingly, the only Packers loss was at home. Um, and so, you know, they're two and zero on the road, which is awesome because we haven't seen that in, in years, they've, mm-hmm. they've, you know, last few years, they've typically been a team that has struggled on the road. And, you know, I want them to get out there, win this game, um, and just prove, you know, to to everyone else that this team is 100% for real. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know, uh, uh, side note, do you know if Mike Daniels is playing in this game? I know he was injured. Um, I, I know he's been banged up. Uh, I can't say for sure that he'll play in this one. It, um, I remember him walking out, uh, I think it was the Denver game, and he was banged up in that. So um, uh-huh. can't, say, can't say 100%, but um, it would be uh, kind of a uh, interesting matchup with Mike Daniels facing his old team and kind of wanting a little bit of revenge for getting cut you know, unceremoniously, but, um, yeah, yeah. You know, this is, um, this is really and truly one that, um, I, I, I kind of want, you know, I want to see them win for a lot of different reasons, but it's definitely one that I, I think LaFleur needs to kind of have on his mantle where, you know, and they, they've had a lot of adversity to start this season. You know, Devonta Adams goes down for injury. You know, they came back right. from a loss against Philly and went on the road and beat Dallas. Um, right. You know, went into Soldier Field and beat a very, I mean, a, a favored, you know, Chicago Bears team. So they're doing a good job of facing that adversity. Now with that, you know, the Packers being favored a little bit more and them being, you know, not, not being the underdog anymore. And, you know, now they're putting stuff on tape. You know, they're not, they can't be as unpredictable as they have been able to, to be the first couple of weeks, you know. Are, right. How can they really do, you know, against a division rival who's seen them, a, you know, a thousand times before? So I'm excited right. to see how, how LeFleur answers, you know, a couple of those questions from me. And, you know, I know he's listening right now. So we'll see what he has in, what he, what he have in store for us, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, you know, I know the entire Packers uh, team listens to our podcast. And so, <laughs> you know, if you have any autograph requests or anything like that, you may as well just kind of get that out, out in the airwaves uh, now. But uh, uh, if you don't, um, I think, man, this wraps it up for our Packers versus Cowboys um, game preview. Man, we came out with a win, Matt. I don't think it went as predicted, but hey, man, 4-1, and one, the Packers are leading the NFC North. We're looking forward to a Monday night against Detroit, Matt. It's going to be an awesome week coming up. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Hope, hope, hope we see another one next week. We go five and one, and kind of go through October into a couple of tough games with a five and one record. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like a plan. So we are going to be signing off uh, for this episode. Uh, listen, uh, you guys can follow us here on PTTF uh, uh, podcast. Look us up on 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 Twitter, please. If you're listening. Share this episode, get it out there, you know, encourage your friends to subscribe, to listen. Um, you can find um, Matt on Twitter. You can find myself on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we're kind of all over out there on social media now. Uh, we just want to encourage you uh, Packer fans that are listening to this, 
pass it on to a friend, pass it on to another listener, pass it on to somebody that is looking for great Packers content. And, you know, we're just happy to be here, you know, doing what we do, which is love talking Packers football. So uh, we're going to be signing off for tonight. Uh, we thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm Duke. He's Matt. Matt, hit us off as you always do with a big Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.